batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. Welcome back. This is episode 90 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by NYYSportsTalk.com. I'm your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And fresh off the train, Stat Guy Rye. I'm back. Stat Guy Rye, fresh off a nine-month train excursion. It was awesome, man. Right. It's not the 1930s anymore. I mean, Jesus, how long does it take to go from Florida to New Jersey on a train? Some people... We were gone for like literally three weeks. Liam Neeson did it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. You were gone so long, we thought you were literally... We thought you were taken on the train. I thought I was, too. Did Liam Neeson have to like... like fight an Albanian crime syndicate on the train yeah, and they then filmed like rescue you? Yeah, I they... stopped at Taken. I never saw this Taken on a train. It's not... What's wrong with him? Taken on a train. That's good. Does he say the line? No, he just... No, hey, I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> I will find you on this train. It's not in the like the Taken franchise. It's just like no, since he, he did Taken, like he just keeps his, making the same movie. All his movies are Taken. Right. Like Taken but, in, right, in, on the, in the mountains. Did you see that one? The gray, the werewolf one? Yeah, like we were saying great last movie. week. Right, yeah. They're yeah. all Taken with Taken on a tank, Taken on yeah, a train. Yeah, remember when we went to see Creed? Now he's doing Taken on a tank. Yeah, that's it. That looks badass, though. Taken with a tank? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know who's Taken on a train to Las Vegas? Who? Brian Hoke. I'm sure he did not take a train. I bet you he did. Why do you say that? I'll ask him. Okay. I'm sure that's the hard-hitting questions the fans want to hear when we have Brian Hoke. How did you get to Las Vegas? (laughs) (laughs) Big episode 90 here. Uh, In a few minutes, we're going to go to our interview with Brian Hoke, the lead MLB reporter for the uh, New York Yankees. Brian is at the winter meetings. Uh, We're recording on Tuesday evening. You'll hear this podcast Wednesday morning. Uh, We're going to ask him some questions. They could all be irrelevant in the 12-hour span it takes for this podcast to go live. It's kind of scary, isn't it? It is, but it's also kind of exciting. We should just ask open-ended questions. Brian, uh, Brian, is Cashman alive? Yes. Is he going to do something? Yes. Is Brian Cashman talking to the Mets? Yes. Well, obviously, the big rumor is uh, this whole three-team deal with uh, the Yankees, Mets, and Marlins. We'll give our thoughts on it after we get an update from Brian. But the one thing I want to say real quick before we actually get into the interview with Brian is that it seems like all the interested parties, Bro, Hal, Cash, Jeets, they all seem to be agreeable to working something out, in my opinion, anyway, based on what I read. But the Wilpons may not want to do this. They might squash the whole thing. I think it's all hogwash. Is that still a word? People use that for this I, situation? I, I really do. I, don't, I think it's all BS. I don't think it, it's actually going to happen. It might not happen, but what are you saying? That it, it, no one's talking to each other? I just think it's being blown out of proportion. I don't think so. I hope. I hope I'm wrong. I would love that deal to happen. But uh, thank you for sidetracking again. The Wilpons would have a problem with Thor potentially leading the Yankees to a World Series championship, no matter how much 
it may make their team better. They may not want to pull the trigger on that. And then you know what? At that point, you shouldn't even have a GM. You shouldn't even waste your money because you finally have a guy who's trying to make your team better, actually putting his money where his mouth is, trying to get guys over here to make this team uh, competitive in 2019, and you're going to stop it because you're a petty idiot? Whatever. Don't, I'm not even going to get into it too much, but might as well not even have a GM. But it's bro. Yeah, he's trying Apparently to change things bro up there. doesn't doesn't call the shots. Right? I got to give the guy credit because no uh, Met GM in since, what, 98 has even wanted to talk to the Yankees. And at least it seems like uh, bro is. Yeah. Wants, I wants think he's to, uh, been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, they're making some moves, you know. When's the last time they were relevant in the offseason? It's been at a, a high long, level. It's like, honestly getting guys been like a long Cano time. Diaz. To hear the Mets almost every single day, it's been a long time. Yeah. The Mets, huh? Yeah, not that anyone wants to hear about the Mets anyway. You know what, Chris? For once in your life, you're actually correct. I've the, been correct a lot this the week. The fans of this podcast don't want to hear about the Mets. What they want to hear is Brian Hoke, who is in Las Vegas, and they want to hear about what the Yankees are going to be doing while Brian Cashman is in Las Vegas. This interview with Brian Hoke brought to you by Digsies.com. Digsies.com is your one-stop shop for sports betting advice. Will the Giants cover this weekend? How many points will the Jets let up? The All the questions. Out, right? Do you really think so? Then why don't you put your money where your mouth is? Huh? Why don't you put your money where your mouth is? You called it last. I uh, did. This past weekend. Yeah. At I home did. versus Tennessee. I think the Giants. Yeah. Okay. okay. All the okay. questions that Diggsies has the answer to. Whether your sport of choice is the NFL, NBA, NHL, or NCAA, Diggsies.com has you covered. Daily, weekly, or monthly picks on every sport, 65% winners, folks, day in and day out. Digsies.com is the place to go when you're ready to win. Use promo code NYYST to get a 10% discount on your package today. Today. That's Digsies.com, D-I-G-S-I-E-S.com, bringing you this interview with Brian Hoke from the Winter Meetings. Sports Talk is here with Brian Hope, the lead Yankees reporter for MLB.com. Brian, thanks for joining us. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Good to talk to you guys. We had an outline for this interview today, and then uh, about 11.30 when the East Coast was trying to go to bed last night, this news broke about a potential three-team trade between the Yankees, Mets, and Marlins. The Yankees were supposedly uh, acquiring Noah Syndergaard. The Mets were going to get JT Real Muto. And the Marlins were probably going to wind up with some prospects. You're out there in Vegas covering this. What's the likelihood of this trade going down? Is this a, just like a lot of hot air? Is there actually uh, some smoke to the fire here? Uh, give us your thoughts on this potential deal. Well, it's certainly uh, fun to talk about. My understanding is it's actually something that the Mets were the driving force behind. Uh, they re- they're really trying hard to get JT Real Muto. So uh, this was a creative way, one of many proposals that the Mets came up with of uh, managing to pull that off. And obviously the Yankees have been searching for starting pitching uh, since the beginning of the, the winter time. They were able to get James Paxton. They passed on Patrick Corbin. They're still out there um, trying to 
seek whatever whatever's out there. And um, Noah Syndergaard obviously is a guy who would be appealing to the Yankees, and he would fit a, uh, answer a lot of questions for them. So clearly, it's something that they were willing to talk about. I, I would bet against it happening, um, but I, I think it's it's cool to see the fact that the Mets and the Yankees don't fear uh, engaging each other that way. You know, I think for a long time, the Mets were reluctant to do anything that would help the Yankees win a world series. Potentially there's always that kind of little brother thing going on across town with the Mets. Um, but yeah, I think it's a new era over there in Flushing with Brody Van Wagen in and um, you know, they're making some daring moves over there. So, uh, you know, props to them. Now, if it seems that Syndergaard's out of play for the Yankees, if there's uh, you know, I still, in my heart of hearts, think it's going to be hard for the Yankees and Mets to come to terms on something that major. Uh, are guys like uh, the Indian starters of Kluber and Bauer, are they in play for the Yankees, or is that something the Indians are really going to try to avoid trading those guys to a team that they p- could potentially face in the postseason? I, I think Kluber may be actually in more play than Bauer uh, to some extent here. Um, I think it, considering his recent injury history, it's something that they might be willing to look at. And look, I don't think I think the window has closed now for the Indians, and they realize that. So I think if they can get back what they're looking for, and um, clearly, you know, Brian Cashman was saying earlier today he has been asked about almost every player on the roster except for Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, and and the you know other teams know that the Yankees aren't going to give those guys up. But I think it's uh, it, the Indians are an in, interesting spot here. I think the Yankees could. Uh, match up with them if you're willing to part with, say, a Miguel Andujar. And, um, you know, I, I think that there are people in the Cleveland organization who are still very high on Clint Frazier. I know his stock has fallen a little bit, and there's some uncertainty considering, you know, he missed most of last year with concussion issues. But uh, he's a guy that I think Cleveland would love to have back if the right opportunity presented itself. So uh, yeah, there's a lot, for, I think, for the Yankees and the Indians to talk about. If you were a betting man uh, before we – get off into another topic here. If you were a betting man, is Miguel Andujar the opening day third baseman for the New York Yankees this year? Oh, and I'm in Las Vegas, so (laughs) if there was ever a place to bet, I guess this is it. You know what? I'll say no. I'm going to say no. Um, You know, and that's not based on anything other than, you know, just my gut feeling. I think that um, to get a starting pitcher, it's going to be tough for the Yankees to – do on the trade market without parting with Andujar, and I mean he's clearly got value. But if this Machado talk is real, and I, I do believe it is, and everything I've heard is that there's significant interest there from the Yankees on Machado, I, I could definitely see a scenario where they wind up trading Andujar for pitching, and they wind up bringing in Machado, and I, I think Yankee fans would have to be happy with that. Brian, I think obviously a lot of a lot of this offseason lives and dies on on the starting pitching. A big, a big feeling that we've gotten from a lot of Yankee fans that we talk to is that there's a lot of downplay off James James Paxton here. People don't see him as being as good of a pitcher as I think he really could be here. What do the Yankees expect out of James Paxton? Where do they see him slotting into this rotation? Well, the biggest key is to keep Paxton healthy. You know, he just uh, had his career high in innings, but he hasn't come close to a 200-inning season. Uh, uh, you haven't seen what he can really be so uh that's the biggest key I, I think that he is going to be a top of the rotation type guy i think severino's still your ace but paxton could be your two he could be wind up being your three depending on how you want to slot it but um you know clearly this is a guy that they're going to be counting on to take the ball every five days and uh they're going to lean heavily on him so 
Uh, this is not a, a back end kind of CC Sabathia, you know, four or five that um, is filling out the back end here. Uh, Paxton, they're they're counting on him to start some significant games, and whether he starts on opening day or not, um, I don't really think that matters a whole lot. You know, I, I still expect Severino would be their opening day starter. Uh, Paxton could be your two, he could be your three, depending on how, however you want to do it. I, I think the the important thing is that you keep him out there and, and get the 30 starts out of him because when he's on, as we've seen, you know, he pitched a no hitter last year in Toronto. Um, you know, this guy can be dominant at times. So he's just got to stay healthy. A guy that uh, Cashman acquired in 2017 that he was hoping would be taking uh, the ball for the Yankees every five days, uh, Sonny Gray, who I would he refer him to as a boulder that kept running him kept over, rolling him back, kept rolling back down and, <laughs> and running him over. Uh, right, right, yep. It would seem that uh, Cashman's uh, one of his goals uh, this week is to trade Sonny Gray. He hasn't hid the fact that he wants to get him out of the Bronx. Uh, what do you think a realistic return is for Sonny Gray, and do you see a favorite in uh, terms of what team might try to land him? Yeah, yeah, we've heard a, a bunch of teams connected to them. Uh, you know, Cashman said yesterday that 11 teams have expressed interest in Sonny Gray, so you can kind of go down the list. But I think the most serious ones that we've heard talked about are the Padres, the Reds, and uh, Milwaukee. So uh, yeah, I think that any one of those situations, Sonny Gray could go to those teams and be a competent big league pitcher. It's just, you know, for whatever reason, I, I think you want to call it mentally or, or whatever, just comfort level thing. It's not going to work in New York, but I actually do think he'll, he'll succeed somewhere else. So uh, knowing that, I, I think there's no rush, so to speak, for the Yankees to jump at the first offer. And then clearly they have not. Um, I, I think that if you can get back a mid-level prospect or two, you know, they gave up three pretty good prospects to the A's, none of whom have really panned out for Oakland, uh, for Sonny Gray. I think if you can get back something that you can bank on for the future, maybe, I mean, maybe you get back a, a current big league reliever, maybe you get back a, a utility infielder type. Uh, yeah, I think that would be enough considering Gray is uh, in his final year before arbitra- uh, before his arbitration runs out and he'll, he'll be a free agent after year. So it's really a rental wherever he goes. And, you know, as far as Cashman goes, I, I kind of wonder why he was so upfront about that because uh, it almost hurts your trade value in some way to say we are definitely going to trade this guy before opening day. He will not be on the roster for opening day. I mean, you know, maybe not right now, but at some point the clock starts to expire on that. So I, I would expect um, he'll he'll get that done before spring training. I think it would be tough to have Sonny Gray come into – uh, Tampa at Steinbrenner Field and have, you know, all the reporters around his locker saying, you know, hey, you, what are you hearing? When are you going to get treated? I, I think they'd like to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, it's funny how Cashman handled that. I mean, you would know better than most of how closely you covered a team is that he's usually a very buttoned up guy, tries to play things close to the vest, and he just straight out came out and said, no, Sonny Gray is not going to yeah. be a, a Yankee in 2019. We said, we said a couple times, I mean, We've never heard Cashman speak of someone who was still a New York Yankee in that way, but I I don't know, maybe a little strategic. I don't see it, but yeah, I think I think if he could take that back, he'd probably do it. I think that was out of frustration, and once the once the cat was out of the bag, you know, he's not going to go back on it. Um, I think that he's probably frustrated and disappointed. I, I think they're frustrated that it didn't work out. Um, you know, they they tried to do everything they could to make Sonny Gray comfortable. Um, you know, he, he didn't like pitching to Gary Sanchez. So they teamed him with Austin Romine last year and that didn't, uh, that didn't flip the switch either. So 
I think both sides um, just probably frustrated didn't work out because when they acquired the pitcher from Oakland, um, you know, he was pitching as well as anybody in the American League at the time. And uh, you look up here a year and a half later, it just didn't work. MIY Sports Talk here with Brian Hoke uh, coming to us from the winter meetings. Brian, with all the starting pitching focus, it's easy to forget about this bullpen. Has there been any rumblings of uh, any options out there for the Yankees as far as filling out this bullpen? Yeah, there's a, there's a few. I mean, you know, other than the guys who were on the team last year, you know, they talked to Zach Britton, they talked to Dave Robertson, they'd like to bring either one of those guys back, but uh, those guys have a, a pretty strong market development for them. You know, Adam Adovino is a guy who a lot of people are talking about. I know the Yankees have been connected to Joaquin Soria. Um, it, those are just some of the names out there. I think they're casting a wide net. You know, um, the areas that the Yankees are looking for are starting pitching, bullpen, and uh, middle infield help. And uh, I think that that is where they're they're really focused right now. It, it, I don't think they're prioritizing one over the other. Um, you know, they were looking for two starting pitchers. They wound up getting one with Paxton. They'd like to get another. Um, they, they need to figure out how they're going to handle the middle infield. And uh, with Didi not back until at least June, probably until August, uh, you know, somewhere in there, June, July, August. And uh, then after that, um, you know, they've got two arms coming out of the bullpen with the free agents who left there. So, hey, I think that there's a lot of options there. Um, you can always take a starting pitcher and convert him into a reliever, you know, a triple A type guy. Uh, we've seen that work a lot, but. I think that if they could bring any of those names that I mentioned in there, and uh, there's probably a few other wild cards as well who could uh, who could certainly fit in the Yankee bullpen. But it's a strength of their team, and they'd like to keep it that way. No matter who the Yankees bring in, either a starter or a reliever, they got to throw the ball to somebody. So that brings us to uh, Gary Sanchez. Uh, Cashman is uh, as adamantly as he was against Sonny Gray. He's that for Gary Sanchez. Uh, he says he's not for sale. He says he's not trading him. Do you believe him? Is there a scenario out there where the Yankees actually move Gary Sanchez? I guess there's there's always a chance, but I would say it's extremely unlikely. I think that um, you know just following the breadcrumbs that they've left, I think that uh, they're they're really banking on a rebound year from Gary Sanchez. They believe that last year was an aberration, and now he's coming off the left shoulder surgery, so uh, he should, in theory, be a better, a more complete player for them. Um, you know, just today he was talking him up and saying how every time Gary Sanchez is in the lineup, they've got an advantage over other teams because they don't have that offensive kind of catcher. Uh, most teams don't. He said he said 90% of teams don't have that caliber of offensive player. And obviously we didn't see it last year, but uh, you go back a couple of years and uh, you look at the home run numbers, the RBI totals. I mean, Gary Sanchez was an impactful force. And um, on the defensive side, the Yankees love a lot of what he does. Uh, you know, he's got a cannon arm. He shuts down the running game. Obviously the ball blocking has been a problem and it's something they're continuing to work on, but they feel like Gary Sanchez is a part of that quote unquote core that they are building around that, that youth movement there. And, and, um, you know, they're, they're willing to take the bad with the good that they believe is going to come. And I think you saw in the postseason, um, Sanchez seemed to turn it on a little bit. And he seemed to look more like himself. And maybe that was just kind of getting out of the regular season where his batting average was under 200. He was really frustrated with that and, you know, looked at October as a new season. Um, if he can carry that over into April and May and June, uh, the Yankees should be right back on track. Now, there's so many crazy rumors that come out of the winter meetings. Uh, one that we heard today is that the Yankees wanted Real Muto for themselves. 
to pretend and then potentially have Gary be a full-time DH. You're, w- there's no real truth behind that, right? I don't think so. I, I think that um, that was overstated. Um, I, I think that the buzz connecting the Yankees to Real Muto was that uh, three-way trade with uh, the Mets. I, I don't think that the uh, the Yankees right now have uh, any feelers out for a starting catcher. I believe that. I, I believe that they are focused on the areas of need that we talked about. You know, I mean, look, I mean, we just go back one day where Cashman basically shut down everything on Bryce Harper. They don't need an outfielder. They don't need a catcher if they're they're banking on. Uh, Sanchez, they've got enough holes to fill that they're focused on starting pitching bullpen and the the middle infield. And I, I really think that's what they're going to be looking to do between now and opening day. Brian, I gotta, I gotta assume, and maybe I shouldn't, but I gotta assume that you have a pretty healthy relationship with a guy like Brett Gardner, who's been here for so long, uh, was here through the championship season in 2009. I have to start this question by saying I'm extremely happy they re-signed him. I thought it was a great move to have the veteran presence and a guy like Gardner stick around. But I, I said from from the day they signed him, I, I really wasn't okay with him being the starting left fielder come, come the start of 2019. Is there anyone out there that the Yankees are looking to target? Is Is it possible that... They have expectations of Clint Frazier being healthy in 2019, or is this whole Harper doesn't fit here just some type of smokescreen to throw us off track? Oh, I don't think it's a smokescreen at all. I think that if Frazier was healthy, that would be wonderful for the Yankees. If, if Jacoby Ellsbury could come back and be any kind of contributor, they'd be very happy with that. Um, I, I think what they'd like to do is not have to push a Gardner to play 140, 150 games out there and because I think you saw in the second half last year, he wore down. And I think that if you could space it out and have him, as you said, a fourth outfielder or in some kind of platoon, that would be the ideal scenario. Um, yeah, and the good thing about Gardy is he's so versatile. You can have him move around. He can play center. He can play, I suppose, some right field if he had to. Um, but he can track down a lot of ground between left field and center field as long as you keep those legs fresh. And I think that's a big thing for him. Um, I, I think that right now you've got southfielders on on that depth chart there, and they're all going to potentially be in the big leagues. I guess, I guess Frazier could be back at AAA, but if Ellsbury's healthy, he's going to be on the big league roster. So um, yeah, I think that uh, that that right there is where you kind of get painted into a corner and you have no room for a guy like Bryce Harper because they've already committed those big dollars to Stanton, um, to Ellsbury, um, and you're, you're clearly going to play Aaron Hicks and Aaron Judd. So, um, yeah, I guess there's no room at the end. Uh, I'm surprised. I was surprised that they so uh, forcefully shut it down. But I, I think, again, uh, that's frustration there on Cashman's part coming through that he's just tired of being asked about a guy that they're not serious about. All right, so if they're not serious about Bryce Harper, the last question we're going to ask you today, uh, how serious are they about Manny Machado? What's the likelihood that he's done in the pinstripes on opening day? I think it's very real, um, the connection between the Yankees and Machado, very real. Obviously, there's other teams that are interested out there uh, in Machado. They're going to have some competition. I don't believe, um, I know that it was reported out there that the Yankees aren't going to go over $300 million for Machado. I think that, uh, that I, I haven't heard that from the team. So I, I think that they are willing to spend big to get this guy if they think he's the right fit. Um, I think that Hal Steinbrenner wants to meet with him face-to-face. We've heard that. Um, I, I think that 
there's some explanation he he needs to give about that whole Johnny Hustle thing during the postseason, but uh, not really. I think that may be overstated. I think more than anything, if you're going to spend that amount of guy and commit those years uh, to a player like that, you want to look him in the eye and, and get a feel for what he's all about. And so I think that's going to happen at some point. I, I think that um, the Yankees are are definitely in on Manny Machado. I, I believe that there is a I don't want to say it's a very good chance, but there is a chance that he will be on the left side of the infield for the Yankees in, in 2019 and beyond. And I think, you know, this is a team that Manny's had his eye on for a long time. I think that uh, in his heart of hearts, it's uh, if it's not the place he wants to be, it's one of the places he wants to be. Um, you know, for example, I, I don't think Manny Machado was dying to play on the south side of Chicago with the White Sox. I think he'd prefer to be a New York Yankee. Um, but we'll see if the... Uh, the Yankee organization steps to the plate and puts the numbers on the table that he wants to, to see. Brian, we know you're a busy guy. We can't thank you enough for coming on with us again. Um, not only are you at the winter meetings, you are writing a second book. Is that correct? Mission 27? Yeah. Um, Mission 27 is coming out in June. It is uh, catching up with the uh, the members of the 2009 Yankees 10 years later. Um, going back, I mean, that was such a pivotal time in Yankee history. Um, the closing of the old stadium, the the move to the new one, and and how they constructed a, a team that was capable of winning it all right there and and celebrating, bringing in the uh, the championship on the first year of the stadium, just the way they did back in 1923. So uh, yeah, Mark Feinstein and I worked together on that book. We've filed the manuscript, so it is uh, off in the editing process and. Um, yeah, it's a perfect Father's Day gift. Uh, look for it on bookshelves everywhere. In well, you're like you're like an award-winning author now after uh, Baby Bombers. That that hit. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, uh, thank you very much. I mean, it, it's been fun. I always wanted to write one book. It was kind of an abstract idea. I didn't know if it would ever happen. It was kind of like, yeah, I'd like to go skydiving one day, or you know, <laughs> something. Um, but uh, and now you look up here, and I've got two uh, two under my belt. It's pretty cool. I'm not just saying this because you're doing our show, and uh, <clears throat> you got to say something nice about you, but <laughs> the, I read the Baby Bombers, and honestly, I couldn't put it down to be a Yankee fan and to have that much behind-the-scenes knowledge and information about how this current team was built. I haven't, honestly, I haven't read a book like that, and I, I can't wait to read Mission 27 to you know, see how that curtain gets peeled back too. So, Brian, we're definitely looking forward to uh, reading Mission 27. Brian, uh, Christian actually wants the foreword uh, in the third book that comes out. He wants you to give him the nod for that. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about it. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> Brian, it. Brian, we appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you for coming on. Look out for Brian's new book, Mission 27, June 4th. Brian, good luck the rest of the way. If you got any inside scoop for the rest of the winter meetings make sure you let us know first so we could break it okay <laughs> you got it guys good talk <laughs> all right going, brian thanks all right that was our interview with brian hoke uh brian gave us a good what 20 minutes or so 20 minutes you're gonna be the next forward on his new book oh yeah uh, on his third book when he writes about the rocky saga i'm definitely i'm gonna convince him that his next book should not be about the yankees but it'd be about the Rockies. is movies. he a rocky fan Pro- who isn't though except for you i mean i'm like, a rocky are- fan Please. i'm just not like obsessed Please. i have to rewatch. he's got Please. it like rocky <laughs> i have to rewatch. okay 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 
Uh-huh. As much as I would like to do an hour on Rocky, we really need to uh-huh. hone, hone this in, in here. We do, we do. We have to be professional here. Brian gave us some juicy little tidbits there. And I didn't break any news, but gave no, us some interesting was, you know uh, information that the Mets were the ones kind of uh, pushing for this. When yeah. last night it seemed like the Yankees were trying to get this done, where it was more of like a yeah. Mets idea, which, I mean, uh, kind of get goes against... Well, we might have been saying about the Wilpons earlier in the show. Yeah, but Unless maybe is- not. I mean, maybe maybe Bro had a few drinks at in Vegas, and he was like, "Hey, Cash, what do you think about this?" And then things started to kind of pick up some heat, and then and then the Wilpons jumped in. All right, Chris, what do you think about this? In your opinion, is there any way this deal gets done? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you it see, could. You can envision a world where Noah Syndergaard is a New York Yankee. I can. What I cannot, what I cannot visualize, is Cashman giving up as much as everyone's saying that he would. If these teams would come down, I think it could happen. But but really, what's the deal? What's the structure here that Cashman's going to have to give up? Miguel Andujar to where? I heard. Some the reports Mets. are telling me Marlins. And I hear Marlins. I don't, I don't see I don't see Miguel Andujar starting the season in 2019 at City Field. I in a Mets uniform. Well, I just don't Brian see that. Brian told happening. us he doesn't see Miguel Andujar starting the season in the Yankees uniform. It's something that we've said. I mean, when when you hear from Brian Hoke, it gives you a sense of how real that could be. But how many months have we been saying that we didn't really see Miguel Andujar starting the season as a New York Yankee? And the fact that Brian Hoke is saying that it could happen, that 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 could be a possibility, it shows that we really weren't too far off from from what could happen this offseason. If you're the Mets, don't you have to get more than JT Real Muto out of this deal? You have to get if you're trading Syndergaard, don't you have to get more than yeah? The, the out of Mets this? said they wouldn't do it unless they got more than. So than where's And if Andujar's the big Yankee piece in this? Doesn't he have to go to the Mets? Probably. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't see Andujar being the piece that gets Noah here. I think Florial could, but would the Mets be okay with that? And then who are we no. giving to the Marlins? No, the Mets aren't going to take Florial. The Mets. The Mets are going to have to get somebody to impact their ball club in 2019. But who's to say that Florial couldn't impact their ball club in 2019? If they're legitimately serious about making a playoff run next year, then they're not going to. Estevan Florial's not playing for but them. But is Estevan the guy Florial hasn't that even good? Played, is he that good, bro? He hasn't even played in Double A yet. You're but not going to jump a guy from no, Single no, no, A no, no, to no. Major not, League Baseball. I understand that, but what I'm asking you is: Is he that good? That that could be one piece that the Mets would be willing to wait on. No, he's not. I don't think. I don't. I'm not saying I don't know if he's that good or not. I'm saying the Mets are. The way Cashman Met- talks about him, if the if the Mets were were to land a guy like that, that could give them a superstar in a few years. No, I don't think that's what no. the Mets are I, looking for. I think if Florio is get involved, more than that, they're still getting JT Real Muto. But they need somebody to play for them this year. They yeah. are. They get JT Real Muto and, and somebody know, else and, and a superstar prospect. Yeah, I don't think they're trying to buy a lottery ticket here if they're going to trade uh, Noah Syndergaard in this type of deal. Mm. No, I don't see it happening. 
you know what? I always I always preface this when I make a statement like that. I could be wrong because I don't want to make it seem like I know more than anybody else. Uh, I just put my opinion out there. I could be wrong. Based on the way I'm reading this, no, I don't think you, the Mets are out there trying to get Real Muto and the prospect. You are not because, wrong. Because if you think about it, what does Real Muto have? Two years of control left? You could be sitting there waiting for Florio in those two years. Yeah. And then what? You're try, if you're getting him, you want to try to win in these next two years. I agree with you. And what you're saying is true. Those are the reports that are coming out. What I'm trying to say to you is we've seen Cashman do things where what we're reading doesn't necessarily end up happening. Could he spin this to where the Mets get back JT Real Muto, a guy like Florial, maybe someone else from Miami, and give up that same deal? Without- Why wouldn't Florial go to the Marlins? I would the only way I see Florial sense. going to the Mets is if they then use Florial as a, a, a trade, trade piece. Yeah, okay. oh, why couldn't that happen? No, I'm not. I'm All saying I'm that saying definitely could happen. I but just I don't, know. don't see Cashman being okay with this deal with Andujar going across town. Why would he care where Andujar is I going? He's getting Noah Syndergaard. Oh, yeah, he won't care. He doesn't mm, come care on, about bro. I don't know, man. Andujar no. going. I don't know. I disagree with that. I don't. I disagree with that 150%. Yeah, I don't I, see honestly, Andujar headlining that for the Yankees. Not not to the Mets. You're, I think you're absolutely out of your I mind. I wish he would. I, I would do that deal all day. I Honestly, if, you, if anything I can try to assume about Brian Cashman is that I don't think he worries about where he trades players if he's getting a player he wants back. He would If he really legitimately thought he could make a deal that benefited the Yankees with the Red Sox, he would do it. And you mean to tell me he's not? He's going to be worried about trading Miguel Andujar to the As a general manager, Mets? as a general no, manager, I don't as think a he general cares manager, about that. To correct me if I'm wrong. As a general manager, you're not just playing to your team; you're playing to the fans. And he shouldn't do that. He, why? Be, why? Because, because the fans are the... what make you money. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of this has to do with the fans. Do you know what kind of an uproar a trading Miguel Andujar is going to be, regardless, and b seeing him in a Mets uniform next year? Chris, if you listen, if he was going to listen to the Mets, they'd be giving Manny Machado five hundred million dollars. So then, what holds up this deal? What? Deal? What holds up the deal? If they were, if if this, just like Hoke said, he doesn't see it being that likely. What holds it up then? Because it, if from what you're saying, and I'm agreeing with you, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here. What is it that's holding it up then? You don't even know what the Marlins want in all this. Where are the Marlins getting? I don't know. I thought wasn't any of that released. I, I mean, you hear the name. You hear Andujar is going to the Mets. You hear Real Muto is going to the Mets. You hear Sitnoa is going to the Yankees. Well, where are the Marlins getting? <laughs> Unless Derek Jeter bought a team just to help the Yankees. Think about it, though. The, the Marlins, Every year, the Marlins are going to have a really good player that they're just going to give Marlins to the Yankees. The Marlins probably want to cool. do this so bad. Think about the return they would get in all this. Yeah, but apparently they were asking for Cody Bellinger from the Dodgers. I mean, so what do you think they really they want here? They're not going to take a bag Derek of peanuts. Jeter, bro. He could ask for anyone. Oh, so Derek Jeter's asking for Cody Bellinger from the Dodgers, but when the Yankees I, come along, they're like, hey, you know what? I I know no, you No, I'm saying it's like, Jeter. He could ask for I think they lowered, Bellinger. they lowered the but asking I'm saying, price. You know, what if Jeter's asking but, for yeah. Bellinger from the Dodgers, and now the Yankees turn around and be like, Hey, Cash, you know, I know you don't like Sonny. Why don't you sign him down here? I, you know, and I'll make sure you guys get Noah. <laughs> What's holding up this deal has to be the Mets trying to make sure they get more than just Real Mewtwo, Real Mewtwo in the deal. Mewtwo. I hate his name. I can't. I'm yeah, so happy. That sounded like a Pokemon. Real Mewtwo. 
Real Mutel? Real Mutel. Because Real what, Mutel. what's the quote? Brody's like, we don't want <laughs> Bro, to have We don't want to create a hole by filling another hole. Filling my holes. <laughs> He's filling holes? Flew it to the top. Is his big, that was his big Brody one. has big quotes out in Vegas. Great quotes. Yeah, the Mets. If the Mets are traded Noah, they have to get more than Real Muto back, and that's why I think unless you're telling me they're getting Clint Frazier, but what do they think of Clint Frazier? And then is Clint Frazier and JT Muto enough for Noah Syndergaard? Please just call him JT. Can we call him JT? Why? From I here don't now? like JT. Then I then yeah. You I, add like three extra syllables like on five it. Then syllables. I think of that. Then I think of the douchey brother from Step by Step. JT. I love Ryan it. wasn't I love it. Ryan was yeah, Ryan wasn't even day born on day. Day. Oh. day. You were born People when Step by Step came out. Didn't they replace it was on the ABC one actor. Family? It was Didn't like, they replace the guy that I loved, Cody? The guy who lived in a van. Yeah, yeah. They replaced him like halfway I think through. They fired him the or something. Series. Well, didn't like, he play like a kickboxer or something? Wasn't he like trying to be like, like the stoner. next John Claude like Van Damme? Yeah, yeah. Some, there is a story behind that. Yeah, he was know. like a stoner. Maybe real life stoner. Yeah, we're here. We're Rest trying to peace. break down the winter meetings, and now we're talking about Sorry. step by step here. Sorry. I mean, look, it, uh-huh. I, it's so difficult <laughs> because uh, we step. finally it felt like we were getting a story that was heating up, and. It just kind of disappears. There's if, this, if this story broke at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I don't even really care. But it broke. Like, literally, the last thing I was doing before I was going to bed last night. Yeah, bro, because Cashman and, and then bro, I was up for, like, another hour refreshing Twitter. I have it all in my head right now, okay? Uh, Cashman's at the blackjack table. He orders his fourth Jack and Coke. Hit me. And bro, <laughs> bro's at the other end of the table. Jack and Ginger. Hit he me. had a few cigs behind his wife's back, right? Because he drank a little bit. And they're starting to go all in. They're laughing. They're talking. And this talk starts. And well, who's know, the dude? Know, who's the GM from down. the Marlins? Who's the GM from the Marlins? Uh, I'm sure they have one. Derek, but Derek. We'll just say Jeter. We'll just say Jeter. Jeter comes up and he <laughs> smacks Cashman on the back. He's like, Cash, what are you doing, man? Bro, nice to meet you. Boom, that starts happening. Then you got a guy like Joel Sher- Sherman walking by trying to get some scoop. He hear- overhears something. It was actually Ken Rosenthal that broke the so news. So it's Rosenthal then. Maybe he was the dealer. But he's so short that right? he w- they couldn't see him underneath the table. Maybe he's the dealer. He was sitting under the blackjack table. Drinks. No one knew he was there because he's like 4 or 11. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And then that's how this story breaks. That's how I envision it. And then they all wake up the next day, and it's just like when you text a girl when you when you drank too much, and you go, oh, my God, what did I say last night? And Cashman and bro were thinking that exact thing. Jeter actually didn't even drink. He was sober the entire time. I don't, eh, nah, I don't like your analogy. I'm telling you. Nah. It's, a, it's a fun fantasy story. That's the only way I see this actually. That they were drunk? <laughs> Cash and bro were drunk. You know, be real cool, dude. You Come guys on. get you real guys get Noah. <laughs> we get Thor. Come on, man. What else are you gonna say? We don't know. We don't know. Maybe it. Maybe it breaks. First of all, it was like eight o'clock, seven thirty. I don't think Cashman's getting wasted in Vegas. Just <laughs> trying to trying to build the Yankees right Cashman's now. Cashman's not hammered during the entire winter meetings. 
his his monotoneness never changes. So if he's drunk at the winter meetings, he's drunk all the time. Maybe you know what? Maybe Cashman needs a few drinks because he's had a chip on his shoulder since. He's gonna need a few drinks if he if he ever opened a Twitter account and read his mentions. I mean, Jesus, I'm I'm gonna check myself into a mental institution. I can't take it anymore. Seriously, seriously, go on Twitter, go into the search bar, and just put Brian Cashman sucks. Hoke Hoke tweeted out that Cashman has a burner account. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, that yeah, he follows one of the uh major writers. Are you I, being serious? Yeah, no, I swear. Check Hoke's latest tweet. I wanted to ask him right because after he was on. Uh, I forgot He's about such it. A liar. He did bring okay. it up though that the only people okay. that right. the on. Yankees haven't been asked about were Judge and Stan. And I can't imagine. Like teams are really thinking the Yankees just acquired James Paxson and they're gonna turn around and trade him now. Like I don't know. I, you know, like if you're a GM, you're like, hey, we know you just gave your number one prospect for this guy. Why don't you turn? Why don't you give him to us now? Wasn't it kind of funny that he said um, Stanton was one of the people that he wasn't asked about? And before all this hot stove stuff started, people were talking about the Yankees moving Giancarlo Stanton and how ridiculous that that was. Stanton has a no trade clause. He was only only going to uh, excuse me. He was only going to wave it to go to two teams last year and he's on one of them right now right. so i mean and it kills no the yankees one's picking up that contract and the yankees lose the, the money that the marlins are going to send them if they trade him right it wasn't hoke that said it but it was mark carrig from the, the athletic, athletic i yeah. think he's at now he actually uh grew up in cedar grove by the way um i'm supposed to care because we live adjacent to cedar grove yes that's a great story. Wow, it's so exciting. Lifetime should do a movie on it. He said, uh, Brian Cashman reveals he has a secret Twitter account and that he follows Eric Boland. <laughs> Sounds like a joke. No, I don't think it's a joke. I don't think it's a joke. That's funny. But, like, yeah, I tweet things out, like, uh, you know, if the Yankees are guaranteeing Noah and Manny, don't you have to trade Andujar? And you get people say no can't trade and yes you do yes i mean come on now yes. what, do you, what do you what is going through your brain when you think like i understand we all love we all love miguel Andujar. we all love the guy mickey two bags mickey smalls is the illest okay? i love him okay but <laughs> okay. i mean if you can avoid trading him yeah that would be great but there's no way you're getting a guy like Syndergaard without and manny machado manny machado is not an old man he's 26 years old he's three years older than miguel Andujar. he could field yeah, he could and play I guarantee in the you, ALDS and I guarantee every you, inning. Manny Machado's not getting benched in an elimination game right. in the postseason. Okay, okay, and you're getting, <laughs> and you're getting Noah Syndergaard, and you are saying no to that because of Miguel Andujar. It's the cocksacky, I'm telling you. It holds people back. They're they're weary of Noah. Uh, and then another thing, yeah, yesterday or yeah, well, it's two days ago now. Fighting people that the Yankees are cheap. How do you know that? How do you know the Yankees are cheap? They're a lot more conservative than they ever used to be. But that's a good thing, right? You you it's can't the get, same people that complain when they when they spend stupid money. You can't get you know why you can't get Bryce Harper this year? Because they went and did something stupid five years ago when they signed Jacoby Ellsbury. That's why you can't get Bryce that's Harper. That's true. Right now. You know what? Great point. Great point. But let's just go throw money out the Doesn't window. Doesn't it feel like Brian Cashman? Like, you know how we talked about Aaron Boone had, like, something personal against Chad Green last year? Like, you thought Chad Green was dead because we never saw him. Doesn't it feel like Cashman has something personal against Harper? 
where he's just like, can you guys stop? He's nowhere near coming to the Yankees or nowhere near getting an offer from us. I feel like it's something personal. Yeah. I, I think don't know. I just think he's aggravated asking the question. He's, he actually rattled but off again, all six like, outfielders that the Yankees have. I know. I know. Yeah. But, like, again, when do we and, see Cashman that aggravated? It's like a new thing. First I, because, it's Sonny you know, Gray. Because if, it's he, if he legitimately has a burner account, he's probably sick and tired of all these maniacs on Twitter. Yeah. I'm tired of it, and I, I only have 24. The I want to find the burner. I only have 2,400 followers, and I can't I think deal Boland with it. Boland has 28,000, so we could go through I want to find the, the burner, yeah. See if we could. Uh, we could definitely do it. it. His profile, his bio is probably like, Brian Cashman is the greatest <laughs> oh, Who's this GM. guy following him? Brian Cashman God. <laughs> Did, I, I forget where we forgot to report that Hal came out and said the Yankees were cutting the payroll to $125 million this year. Never, I I forgot never. when... So that's an like I I don't understand the fan mentality where they're like oh the Yankees are cheap why because they didn't give uh, Patrick Corbin a hundred and eighty million dollars because they're the Yankees they have because they're the Yankees so what it's still a business you still have to do things fin- that are financially prudent because they're the Yankees got us one World Series in, since two thousand nine and I tweeted this yesterday was it yesterday the Yankees have paid the most luxury tax under the current luxury tax uh, rules by more than double it by was more over than double 300 million over 350 million and something like that and you know what they have to show for it two pennants and one world series and that's and it and you know what so if the yankees want to be a little bit more conservative in spending their money you know what let them try it because you know what to be honest with you throwing money at your problems really hasn't worked for bro, them bro bro let me ask you this what okay what in the dynasty years. Yeah. Okay. 96, uh-huh. 98, 99, 2000. We'll even throw in 2001, 2003. Okay. No, 2000, the dynasty was over in 2001. I, I'm i not disagreeing with you, but they did win a pennant no, in 2003. The, the dynasty is over in 2001. Boy, and the Yankees are headed to the World Series. All right. When Tino left, when Paul O'Neill left. Would you left, let me ask my question? No, because I'm not going to say okay, that. Okay. So from two, from 96 to, to 2001. Okay? That was the dynasty. Here's my question. What? Were those teams so successful because the Yankees went out there and spent millions of dollars stupidly? For those teams to be put together and you know win how, championships? You know how those teams won? They were built how? with a young core from their Ooh, farm system. Okay, okay. And Brian okay. Cashman went out there and made smart trades. Smart in-season trades. Uh, justice. Who else? Give me some more. Throw some more my way. Roger Clemens. Clemens is in Steinbrenner's box. Okay, he didn't go out there and throw $28 million a year at right. Roger Clemens. So he my point it for is, him. My point is, after all that, right, all the hype was here. George Steinbrenner, greatest owner of all time. God rest his soul. Greatest owner of all time. He spends money on everyone. Did we spend all the money in the world in those teams? No. When yep. did we start spending all the money in the world, Christian? 2002. Okay, and through when? Through uh, 2016, And how many World Series, folks, have we won in that time span? Uno. Thank you. So now what Brian Cashman did was he broke it all down. He said, let's start with that young core that Christian talked about in the MYYST podcast. Let's start from there and build upon it. And that's exactly what this guy's doing. And that's exactly why he's not going to go out there and spend stupid money to build this team. 
But the Yankees are cheap. They're they need cheap. to spend all the money. No, I, they don't. I heard that the uh, some of was like the Yankees are twenty third in terms of revenue spent. Who cares? Honestly, because they make four billion dollars, they're supposed to spend a billion dollars on their payroll. No, do you? Would you rather the Yankees go out there and have a five hundred million dollar payroll, or let Brian Cashman do his job and build a team that might actually win something? I'd go with the latter. Oh my God! Like the the spoiled nature of this fan base. Like, and then and then you have something like Noah Syndergaard put in front of you. No, I don't want it. What? Why? He's not really that good. Guess what, people? Every everyone thinks that like all these guys are out there. If Noah wasn't even being talked about, everyone would be like, Noah Syndergaard's great pickup. The Yankees should really try and get him. But then it becomes a reality and they're like, he's really not that good. He's really why why is he not that good anymore? Because it's a reality and you're actually looking at it live, what you'd have to give up to get him. And now all of a sudden he's not good and he's not worth it. That's how this works. You don't just get whatever you want and give up Sonny Gray for Noah Syndergaard. You know what I think the Yankees should do? They should give up Sonny Gray to the Mets and get back Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard. Those are tweets out there that people think are realistic. It's insane. We could use Jeff McNeil. We could use somebody to play second base. Could we throw him in there? Oh, sure. Sure. And just Sonny? Should we give him a prospect? I feel like there was this it can't be like guy that had anymore. like a 90 array in rookie ball. Nope. Christian, I got it. I got it. Greg Bird. They need a first baseman. Why would they not want Greg Bird and Sonny Gray for DeGrom, Syndergaard, and and what's his name? McNeil? Yeah. Here's here's my favorite thing, right? Just send in hard to the Indians. <laughs> oh, Jose Ramirez is a bag of garbage now? Like, No. It, oh, and then they're like, well, they really want to play him at second base. Okay. No, my favorite is in the same tweet, just like if someone's talking, like you say, in the same breath, in the same tweet, someone's like, Greg Bird sucks. This guy is the worst guy ever. We should trade him for a legit ace starting pitcher. Like, what are you out of your mind? Well, when we did keep him, dump him. Remember when we were reading the fan comments? Yes, yes. Dump him the worst. Let's trade him for a pitcher. Like, do they think the other GMs are like... Oh, Greg Bird, not the one that sucks, right? The good not the Greg one that was Bird. really bad this year. The good Greg Bird? The other one. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Unintentionally, the most funny thing on Sports Talk Radio today was Mike Francesa. You guys didn't <laughs> Did catch you this. Someone cried. Oh, I didn't. Even, wasn't even thinking about that, but he opened his show and he just he wanted to take it from a Mets perspective about uh about Noah and if. Under any circumstances, no matter what you were getting back, would you want to see Noah Syndergaard as a Yankee? And he was like, I was walking into the office today, and people were yelling at me out the car. Mike, I can't see Noah as a Yankee. If I heard it 10 times today, I heard it 100 times. Okay? You can't trade Noah to the Yankees. They're yelling at me from the streets in the taxi cabs. Uh, Okay. Okay, fine. Uh, why are you bothering me with this? Uh, it's six in the morning. Okay. First of all, what office did he go into? We know he does a show in his friggin' basement. He really, it doesn't even look like he's in his studio. Didn't he have his own studio? <laughs> Wasn't it the Mike Francis? In Minko's studio? room. That's where Minko lives. Oh. <laughs> 
And then, like you, yeah, you brought, I brought that up to you guys. <laughs> there was a guy. He was legitimately. I'm telling you, he was legitimately crying on the nervous. air. <laughs> That the Yankees can't get Machado. Like I'm telling you, man, like they can't get him. The kid, Machado can't be a Yankee. He sends a bad message to the kids watching. He doesn't hustle. Let me, let me ask you this. After talking to Hoke, uh, would you be absolutely shocked if he's not a Yankee in 2019? Uh, I mean, Hoke made it sound like it's legit. It, it's it's going to be... It's going to be something we wake up and the Yankees have an offer and they pull the trigger. Are the Yankees going to draw a line in the sand with him? And they did it, already. Oh, yeah, what is it? I just don't know how firm that that, that line is or so how the blurry Yan- it is. Let, let's say the Yankees do what I said and offer him... Uh, a five, two, whatever? No. For, that was Michael K. that said the Yankees were going to offer him... His offer would be five for two hundred million dollars, okay. which is which is outrageous. You're going to pay a guy forty, 40 million dollars a year, but you know you don't. I could see it. You don't have, but you know what? It's not that bad if you think about it because you don't deal with the decline. He's a free agent again at thirty one. Yeah, I don't. I could actually see that happen. And then um, you give him an opt out after two years. But, uh, the the line the Yankees drew though they came out and said they're not going to offer him a three hundred million dollar contract. But let's say they offer him eight at two seventy five, like I like I uh, had thrown out there, which is still what thirty five million dollars a yeah, year. Yeah, thirty five. Well, what if the Phillies, who by the way uh, sign Andrew McCutcheon today, three for fifty, which is a pretty uh, hefty number? If you I ask think me. that's high. Yeah, they're spending. I really think that's and high. they're they're talking with Britain right now too. What if the Phillies are like, okay, you know, uh, we'll take your eight for two seventy five, and uh, we'll say, you know, ten for three seventy, and you know, yeah, that could happen. The Yankees are not, the Yankees are not going to chase that. It all depends, man. I think we I think we touched on it last episode. When do the Yankees get aggressive with moving Andujar? Is it simultaneous with also signing Machado? I think I think it comes down to how how realistic they feel Andujar being traded for a starting pitcher is, and and then at that point I think if Not they a have starting to go an ace an ace, and if they have to go above and beyond to fill that hole with Manny Machado, they're going to do it. Well, you can't trade Miguel Andujar unless you're getting Manny Machado. Right. You cannot. That's what I'm saying. Do it. Okay. Okay. Okay, man. You can't have Manny Machado. Can't have him. Okay. What if, this, what if that guy listens to our pod? He probably does. Blasted him. Mike from Queens. <laughs> I didn't catch what his name was. Uh, so, good app. Good app. Good app. Great interview with Brian. Yeah, we can't thank Brian enough. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to picking up, uh, what is it? Mission, Mission 27. 27. Mission 27. June I got to just say this. I'm not, not blowing smoke up Brian's ass here. If there's ever been a time since we started doing this that we had to reach out to someone for a question, um, anything. If there's one person who was just so quick to respond and, and answer anything that we had to ask, it's been Brian Hoke. And he's not a guy who's just sitting home twiddling his thumbs. He's a busy guy, and we appreciate everything he's done for us since we started, since he first came on the podcast, and we cannot thank him enough for coming on again. You forgot to ask him how he got to Vegas. I did. I'll get it. I'll get it uh, off the record. I wanted to know if he was on a train with Stag Guy Rye. Maybe we were on the same train. Maybe. That would be a hell of a diversion to go from Florida to Vegas. But it took you like a week and a half to get down there. I felt a 24-hour trip. I will find you. 
You look terrible, so I don't know if trains. Uh, yeah, you, you need you, sleep. You, know, you look terrible. You need I, sleep. Okay. Wow. wow. <laughs> Triggered. You said, you know what? Good luck. You said you were nervous for him to come back. I was. I was you didn't know what kind of human he was going to be when he got, got back off the train. I'm trained. <laughs> You're trained. I'm a trained man. He's deranged off the train. I'm off the rails. You know what? You were a douche on the train. and Now you're a douche off. Douche off? <laughs> douche off. All right. So this was episode 90 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Pretty crazy. We got 90 of these in the books right now. Almost, it's kind of unbelievable. We're on the road to 100. We're working on a big show for the 100th episode. It might not be big, but we're working on it. For what? The 100th episode. Come on, bro. It's going to be massive. Soon. I will not record a 100th episode unless it's massive. Okay. Okay. What are you doing right now? Me? Is there any news? Can we break no. anything before we get off the air here? Nothing yet, bro. Hap was apparently close to signing with the Phillies as of right now. We haven't heard any confirmation on that. He told was apparently telling people the first team to offer him three years he was signing with. Yankees don't want to go past two years. At uh, 36 years old, they can't really blame him. Let the Phillies take him for three at that point. I just don't want to get to a point in the offseason where we're realistically looking at Lance Lynn as, as our only option to fill out this rotation. Something we've been saying a lot. Feinstein's reporting that it's becoming less and less likely the Giants will trade Bumgarner this winter. Ryan, calm down. Yeah, I just saw that. Whatever, man. All right. Episode 90 in the books. We can bring back number trivia next episode. No peeking, okay? Uh-huh. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> So there's an oh I know who. Don't say it. I know it though. Don't say it. Does he have? Um, uh, can I give? Uh, a hint? Uh, can I give a hint and you can say yes or no? Uh, uh, are his initials the same letter? Indeed. Got it. Okay. Okay. Got it. I'm a genius. Man, <laughs> tie my shoes. <laughs> Thank you my for. Shoes okay. Thank you. Are you done now? <laughs> yeah. Chris wants me to wrap up and Ryan's going on. Please, I don't. Sorry. I don't want to cut the genius off over here though. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, thank you for listening to episode 90 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Uh, we're reporting the news as it happens there, so it's your one-stop shop to stay on top of things. Stop, shop, top. See, uh, Are you rhyming? Rhymed it. And your one-stop shop. Christian Asenesus. Yeah, that's my name. And your one-stop shop for Sorry. Yankees gear is uh, nyystsportstalk.com. Check out the shop tab. Uh, NYYST20 will save you 20% at checkout. Uh, we're, what, 12 days away? Are we 12 days away from Christmas? 12. 12 days away from Christmas. No, to no come on, no. man. We're, we're 14 days away. Today. Today. As we're recording. So 13. So 13 tomorrow. when you hear this. So uh, expedite your shipping and uh, you can have it in time for the jolly guy to come down your Bada chimney. Bada bang. And be sure to go to iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. Please. Mas importante. Okay. Por favor. All right. Stack guy right off the train. Did you get some new material while you I were didn't. on the train? Go Yanks. <laughs> Chris. Say goodbye. <laughs>